Genesis chapter 3 from the verse number 22 to 24. Glory to the Lamb of God. Genesis chapter 3, 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now least he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Hallelujah. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Verse 24. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. To keep the way of the tree of life. To keep the way of the tree of life. To keep the way of the tree of life. I say to keep the way of the tree of life. I'm intentionally emphasizing it. To keep the way of the tree of life. To keep the way. We read in Revelations, the scripture makes us understand that in the midst of the paradise of God is the tree of life. Now the scripture gives us a setting of how God planted the garden, put the man in the garden and told the man that you must eat of every tree but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The day you eat of it, you will surely die. Now what did they do? They ate every, they ate, I'm sure they ate some other tree, but they chose the one that God told them not to eat. The tree of what? The knowledge of good and evil. And the Bible says from that day they died. It is the beginning of coronavirus. Coronavirus did not start now. It started in the garden. It's just progressing. It's just a progressive progressive because the reason is when the spirit of death was released what was also released was the power of death. Hallelujah. And Satan made sure that Every virus, viruses were not and gems were not created to destroy man. But because sin came into the world, sin became the corruption. Sin began to kill. And as a result of that, part of what viruses do is now they fight against human bodies. Just like you have lions. Lions were created to actually fellowship with man. Man was supposed to have dominion. There you meet a lion. I met one Indian guy. How he fell into that place, I don't know. He went into a zoo and the lion was down there and he fell in there. Then now he thought the lion is God. You know how they, he started kneeling down and begging the lion, please, please. And people were videoing him. And this lion was watching him. After a while, the lion gave him a slap. He start, still kept uh, praying to the lion. Because you know in India, everything is a god, including lions, animals are gods. So he just kept playing, praying to this thing. And people were screaming from outside, from at the top that they saw, they saw him, but they couldn't do anything. After a while, the thing dragged him with one hand into the bush. 
So you should know that that will be the end of him. <laughs> Why? Because the man has now become the prey to the created, what he was supposed to dominate. And the scripture says, but of the tree of life, God said that he should not touch it, lest he will eat it in his fallen state. And what? And remain like this forever. Now, when God said that man became like one of us, what did he mean? What he simply meant was that man now has the ability to make choices for himself. Amen? And I told you before that what that scripture actually meant was that evil was always in the garden. But God, was, God prevented man from choosing evil. But the day man chose evil, when he gave him the first time chance, he gave him to give him choice and the ability to use choice. The man disappointed God and chose the knowledge of good and evil. Guess what? The Bible says that from that day, God drove him out of the garden. And I believe it's been a debate here. Where is the garden of Eden now physically? <laughs> but we, I think we go to a place where we establish that the garden of Eden is spiritual. It's not a physical garden per se. It's a what? It's a spiritual place. And the trees in that garden, all of them are not physical trees. Especially the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life are not physical trees. They are spiritual trees. Hallelujah. That is why in the book of Revelations, the scripture says, in the midst of the paradise of God is what? The tree of life. The paradise of God is a spiritual realm. Why would you have a tree in the spiritual realm? Because there are trees in the spiritual realm. But it's a spiritual tree, not a physical tree. Because everything that is in the heavenly is a replica on earth. Including trees. Including animals. When you go to heaven, you will find trees, you find animals, you find everything. Wonderful. Let's get to the message. Now, so the message is this. I am the way to his presence. Now, what actually did God do when he sacked the man from the garden? He drove the man from his presence. He drove the man from where? His presence. And when he drove the man from his presence all throughout the years, man has been looking for a way to come back into the presence of God. And guess what? God found a man called Abraham and cut a covenant with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and said, I want to use you as a prototype. And through you, so Genesis chapter 12, the verse number um, 3, all the way down, it tells him how I will bless you and I will, through you, all the nations of the earth will be what? Will be blessed. Praise God. Through you, all the nations of the earth will be what? Blessed. But you find out that out of Abraham, he brought out the Jewish nation or the Hebrew nation. They were first Hebrews and then they became Jews. As a race. Amen. But Abraham himself was a hidden from the Chaldees. But out of him, he produced a family. And from that family, he produced a race which he called the Jews. But he got the Hebrews and then decided that he would use them as a prototype of what he would do to remedy man finding his way back to the presence. Man finding his way back to the presence. I'm choosing my words very carefully. What did he do? 
uh, in summary, the first thing he did was he set up a sanctuary. And he told Moses, build according to the pattern that you will see in the heavens. So in heaven, there is a sanctuary that God gave Moses a prototype to build. And in this sanctuary, there were supposed to be rituals that were supposed to be performed. And these rituals did something very significant, which of course I've taught you before, but we shall look at them briefly, um, and then we will close. Now, these rituals, what were they supposed to do? One of the things they did was that a high priest was supposed to go into the Holy of Holies. Now, the Holy of Holies is divided by what? A veil, four inches thick. And when he goes in there, he is supposed to go and make sacrifices first for himself, cleanse himself, his sins, and then cleanse for the sins of the whole of Israel. If the high priest is accepted, the sacrifice is what? Accepted. If the high priest is not accepted, the sacrifice is not accepted. So the only way to get into the presence was the veil. Somebody say the veil. Hallelujah. The only way to get into the presence or the holy of holies is what? The veil. And only the high priest is allowed to go in there. He has a long skirt that he wears. And on those, on the edges of the long skirt, he has bells. When he goes in there and the sacrifice is accepted, what happens is that God descends in his Shekinah glory. And when that Shekinah glory descends and the sacrifice has been accepted, that Shekinah glory will carry the man and will swing him in the air. As he swung in the air, when the bell is ringing, the people outside will know that, hey, our sacrifice has been accepted. Our sins have been forgiven for a whole year. And this was just a type, a shadow of what was to come. This is what Moses saw in the heavenly, but was supposed to replicate. And the first high priest that was supposed to be part of, that was supposed to... Um, do the sacrifice was Aaron. Of course, I'll talk about that in the Word Alive conference. We'll, I mean, we'll have time to feast on the Word proper. Now, this is just synopsis. Let me give you a synoptic, synoptic um, course this morning. Now, so, when the high priest, the bell rings, and then they hear one heavy sound, boom! They know the high priest is dead. Nobody can enter in there because that Shekinah presence cannot allow anybody to get, get in there. You get in there, you die. So they drag this man out and look for another high priest. But thankfully, Aaron did not die. At least in his, all his period of service, he served well. <laughs> Aaron never died. But that was a prototype. Then going forward, God asked them that instead of building me a sanctuary and a temple, I want you to build me another temple. And this time, he found a man called David. David had in his heart to build God a temple. But David's heart, the Bible says that God said his hand was full of blood. So God says, I will not let you build me a temple. I will let your son build me a temple where I will come and dwell and have fellowship with my people. But you realize that in the Old Testament, all this was just God coming to visit and go. He will come at the season. They will experience the presence through a man going through the way to the presence, and they will experience for a season, then he will go. Guess what? Solomon built him a temple. 
And that day the temple was consecrated. The Bible says Solomon killed a thousand bullocks. And Solomon gave appellation to God. And he made certain pronouncements. He says, when your people speak from this place, or when they face this temple and they speak, you will hear them. These are strong words. He says, and the Bible says, the day when he sacrificed, after the last sacrifice, the Shekinah presence descended in the temple. And the people experienced God in a way they have never experienced before. That was Solomon's temple. But it was destroyed after a while. And then Herod decided to build them a temple. And you'll find out that in all this sequence, there were three temples that were built. And I'll give you the significance in word life. But let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Um, let's start from Hebrews chapter 9, I beg your pardon, from verse 6 to 8. So God had to set for them a type of sanctuary. Hebrews chapter 9 from verse 6. Now when the, these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle. So the first tabernacle was what? Moses' tabernacle. Okay. Accomplishing the service of God. Verse 7. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. So all that I've just said to you is what we're reading in scriptures now. Now, let's go on. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the what? Way. Somebody say the way. So it signifying what? The way into what? The holiest of all was not yet made manifest. So as long as the old tabernacle was standing, the way into the holiest of all, the presence of God was not made manifest. Whilst as the first tabernacle was yet standing. And the first tabernacle also represented the first covenant. The old covenant. Let's read on. Which was a figure. A figure means a type. For the time then present. For that time. In which were offered both gifts and sacrifices. That could not make him that did the service perfect. So they sacrificed goats and bullocks and cows. But he could not make them perfect. As pertaining to the conscience. In other words, even though they killed all these things and they sacrificed, they still carried around a guilty conscience. Maybe, 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 maybe. Which stood only in meats and drinks. In other words, the sacrifices were done only with what? Meats and with what? Drinks. And diverse washings. Before you go, you have to clean yourself. Aaron has to wash his toes. You anoint his special toes, wash his whole body. He must not be unclean. He must bath. If the whole week, those days, you know, they don't bath too often. But if the whole week, the, the time he has to go, he must bath properly. He must use proper soap deodorant. And he must smell well and put on perfume. And when he's going in there, he must use incense. And the incense is what perfumes him very well before he goes into the presence. And in the Holy of Holies, heavy incense to attract the presence. And diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. Hallelujah. So there was a time of reformation. Let's look at what the time of reformation is. Verse 11. But Christ. Somebody say, but Christ. Being come an high priest. So when that was a type of the real man that was to come. And that man was who? Christ. Made a high priest of good things to come. 
Good things means that eternal things, things that will not happen once and for all, but will happen what? Eternally. Good things to come by a greater and a more perfect tabernacle. Perfection that means eternal tabernacle. Not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. Which building was he talking about? He was talking about the physical building. John chapter 2, the verse number 19. John chapter 2, verse 19. This building, we'll come back to this and then we'll finish there. John chapter 2, the verse number 19. It says, Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple, this building. And in three days, I will raise it up. Verse 20. Then said the Jews, 40 and 6 years was this temple in building. Talk, they are talking about Herod's temple. I told you there were three temples that were built. The first one was Moses' temple. The second one was what? Solomon's temple. The third one was what? Herod's temple. This is the temple he's talking about now. Then said the Jews, 40 and 6 years was this temple in building. And will thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. What he was actually talking about was his body as the temple. So when he said destroy this temple, he was referring to his body. But they were referring to the physical temple. And so for God to prove that it was the body of Christ, he did something very significant. The Bible says the day when he said when they, he said what Eloi Eloi lama sabatacheni my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me on the cross? Something very significant happened. The Bible says the whole earth went dark for hours. Dark. Pitch dark. God turned his eyes away from his son because his son now has become the sin offering for all men. John 1 29, the scripture says, don't, don't, don't go there, just I'll quote it. John 1 29, one day John saw Jesus coming and said, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of what? The world. So Jesus, when he came and he was put on that cross, he was put on the cross as what? The Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world as the, the fulfillment of what Aaron was doing in types and shadows, in washings and in killing cows and goats. But he spake of the temple of what? His body. Go back to that Hebrews. Let's finish that. Hebrews 9, um, verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. How much more? He says, if that what they did in the past could really make them feel clean, how much more? How much what? More. You are afraid of corona. How much more? The blood that was shed for you, how much more? Somebody say, how much more? How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit, how did he offer his blood? Through the Holy Ghost, the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hallelujah. 
to serve what? The living God. In other words, this particular sacrifice takes care not only, it, it takes care of even your conscience. Hallelujah. It takes care of what? Your conscience. Now, when he did this, what did he do? He did this to make for us a new and a living way. Hallelujah. Somebody say a new and a living way. Praise the Lord. Well, let me read that and then let's close. Hebrews chapter 10. From the verse number 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Remember in the old tabernacle, the first tabernacle, nobody can enter except who? The high priest. In the New Testament, our high priest is who? Jesus. When he became the high priest, he entered into the heavenly, the Bible says the tabernacle not made with what? Hands, but in the heavens. So he did not sacrifice here. His sacrifice were in the heavens. So his sacrifice was spiritual and eternal. For by a new, somebody say by a new, and a living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil. The only thing that separated the outer court, the inner sanctuary, I beg your pardon, from the holy of holies was what? The veil, remember? And the veil was about four inches thick. The day when he was pierced in his, in his side and he died. The scripture said in the book of Matthew that the veil was torn into two. From the top to the bottom. The veil is so tall that because the tabernacle is so tall, not an ordinary man could go and tear it. By the time the darkness was done, the Bible says that thundering struck. And when that happened, the veil into the Holy of Holies, the physical temple that they thought that 46 years was used to build, the veil was torn into two to say that it is useless. The veil was no more the physical temple on the hill. It is now the man on the cross. So when his body was pierced, and stricken, the veil was also what? Torn. When his body was torn into pieces, the scripture refers to the veil being his flesh. Read it there. It's by a new and a living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. So when they beat his flesh, and his flesh was torn into pieces, what actually happened? was that the veil, the physical veil in the physical temple was also torn into pieces. And guess what? We have boldness to enter in now. We have access to the presence of the Father. The way. The Bible says the way was guarded in the garden such that the man could no more find his way to the tree of life. The way. The way was removed. But when Jesus consecrated a new and a living way, we can boldly enter now and go into the presence of the Father. And what do we go to do? We go 
to take immunity. When his veil, his body was torn, the Bible says, by his stripes, you were healed. So that veil did a lot of things for us. That way into his presence secures you. The presence of God has something significant that it does for us. The way brought us into what? His presence. And when we get into his presence, in Psalm 16 verse 11, let me close with that. The Bible says, in his presence, there is what? Fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are what? Pleasures forevermore. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. Jesus entered in and made a way for us that we could come in boldly. And from that day, he became our high priest and we became the way to the presence of the Father. We became what? The way to the presence of the Father. If anybody wants to see the Father, he sees him through me. I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. The temple was destroyed. And the Bible says that God does not dwell in physical temples. But the scripture says in the book of Corinthians that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. In other words, when the Holy Ghost, when Jesus died and resurrected and gave us the Holy Spirit, we became the dwelling place of the Most High. We also became the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. If you are the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost, Kuro cannot dwell there. Let this get into your consciousness. When he made a new and a living way for you, he made you so that you will be bold. He says, therefore, we come in what? With boldness. You don't go into his presence. And his presence is not just a physical place. You, we carry his presence everywhere we go. Because he lives in us. He dwells in us. I am the way to the father. Anybody that wants to see the father must see the father through who? Me. In Acts of the Apostles, they call them the way. We'll talk about that another day. That my time is up. Let's rise. I'm the way. I'm the way to his presence. I say I'm the way to his presence. So everywhere I go, I carry the presence. How can you carry the presence into a bus and be afraid of, afraid of coronavirus? We're not saying be careless and be stupid. But when you go there, go there with a the consciousness, knowing that I'm not afraid of the terror by night, nor by the, the wickedness, the pestilence that flows by day. Are you hearing me? I want you to go into any place and go with that confidence, knowing that you are immune and protected. You are not like every other person. You carry the presence of God. You carry the divine presence. Every time you speak, you manifest the divine presence. Everywhere you go, you minister the divine presence. So that presence you carry does not carry fear. It carries with it boldness. It carries with it boldness. It carries with it what? Boldness. In case your property is affected by Kuru, you tell Kuru, I carry the presence. You leave. Your children, tell them, I carry, stop being afraid. 
All the thing that is coming on television, some of us now 24-7 we're on the television. What's the next news about Kuru? How many people are dying? How many people are alive? They don't talk about how many people are alive. They're talking about how many people are dying. How many, the, the, the number that are falling. But it's, 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 it's what is of the age. The Bible says that we shall get into an age where there shall be perplexion of, of the nations, of the people. There shall be confusion. You think Koro is the last one? More will come. Where they will not find solutions. You'll be running everywhere. You know, I know each other because I don't want my children to be contaminated. What about yourself? <laughs> you can be in that house and be contaminated. Yeah. If it's airborne, can you trap air? They said the thing is airborne. Somebody can be passing by your house and cough in the air. It will go through the window. They are afraid for nothing. Oh, don't, don't you get it? <laughs> I don't even get this fear. This fear is unfounded. Utter nonsense. Utter nonsense. Utter nonsense. The top scientists are looking for solution. They can't find it. You think that staying at home will give you a solution? It's a joke. God is protecting you. I say God is protecting you. Before you leave your house, cover yourself. Declare I'm protected. Are you hearing me? Don't do these things for granted. Don't take these things for granted. Declare I'm protected. Let's speak our offerings. Let's give and let's get out of here. Amen. Oh, Jesus. caparason telelegetus. You are the way to the Father. If you are tightened, come let me pray for you. And all this fear of Kuro, we bind it. In the name of Jesus, receive the blessing of the tight. Now they don't want even people to touch people. <laughs> As if your hair cannot attract Kuro in the air. The thing is in the air. They said that it is airborne. You are freed. <laughs> Oh, lift up your offerings and lift up your tithes and let's pray now. Father, declare me in the name of Jesus as I bring my offerings and my tithes to you, Lord. I decree and declare, I celebrate you. Father.